Hallelujah. Give the praise team. Come on, y'all. Let's celebrate the praise team for that wonderful worship on this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to do my best to present to you what God would have me to do on this morning. Amen. We have changed up our format, so to speak, amen. But that don't change the way of the Lord, amen. So if you would get your Bibles and turn them to Daniel, the third chapter. For those who want to stand, you can stand, amen. Daniel, the third chapter, the 19th through the 25th verse, amen. I need you to ask your neighbor, are you hungry today? If they didn't ask you, ask your other neighbor, are you hungry on today? Because I've been preparing all week and I was all night cooking. And I hope that you will be fed on this morning. Amen. Amen. Does anyone come with an expectation? On this morning, amen, you didn't get out of bed for nothing, you didn't comb your hair and brush your hair for nothing, brush your teeth, amen, put on deodorant and your good clothes and your good shoes, amen, you came with an expectation of a word on this morning, amen. Do I have anybody in the house on today? Somebody, anybody scream. I need a word, somebody scream, I need a word. Lord, where I'm at right now, I need a word. What I'm going through right now, Lord, I need a word. Lord, to hold on right now, I need a word. Is it anybody? Amen. Daniel, the third chapter, the 19th through the 25th verse, y'all. And I'm just going to be honest with y'all. Since we have started these podcasts and, and me and my wife, we're, we're notorious because we don't watch them. We hate to watch ourselves. We hate to listen to ourselves. Amen. And whenever I see the little snippets or whatever, I hear my voice and I'm like, is that how I really sound? I thought I sound somewhat like, like Marvin Winans. I had a voice that projected. Amen. Amen. But no, that's not the case. Amen. Use what the Lord gave you. Amen. Daniel, the third chapter, the 19th, 19th through the 25th verse. Amen. And I and as I said before, I pray that someone is helped as a result of this word on today. Amen. We claim that even right now. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that, the, that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. That, that word seven times more, that phrase means as much as possible. Amen. And so he asked that the furnace, that the heat be turned up on these three uh, Hebrew boards as much as possible, amen. I think you need to understand that the enemy is even telling somebody you need to turn the heat up on them as much as possible, amen. That trouble, that issue, that situation, amen. They're turning that heat up as much as possible on you just to see how you will respond, amen. And then these three, hold on. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other 
their outer garments, their other garments, and were cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Amen. They threw them in with everything they had. Amen. Everything. Everything. Somebody say everything. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they not hurt. Ain't even hurt, y'all. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us just another day, Lord, to experience your goodness, Lord. Lord, as we gather to this place on today, Lord, Lord, we submit everything to you on this morning, Lord. We give you freely of ourselves on this morning, Lord. Lord, do with this time, do with us as you would have fit, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would abide in this place, and not only in this place, but in our hearts, Lord. We pray right now, Lord, as we leave this place, we will leave this place changed, Lord. As we add one more word to our lives, Lord, that will make our lives better, Lord. So help us, Lord, to be capable, Lord, to equip this word in ourselves, Lord, so that we can go out to the world, Lord, and so that we can effect true change, Lord. That we can be the examples that you would have us to be, Lord, that when time comes, Lord, we will do what's the, what, what is needed to be done. We can say what is needed to be said, Lord, so that we can be representative, representatives of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. We're coming from the book of Daniel on this morning, and as we see uh, the three Hebrew boys, they were put in a in a desperate place, amen. They were put in a hard place, amen. And I, I know for some of us, it seems as though we ask the Lord to direct our steps and to guide our way, amen. And it seems as though we took a wrong turn somewhere. It seems though we ended up in a place of hardship and difficulty and, and, and just anger and anguish, amen. But the word tells us that the ways of the Lord's ways of the Lord are perfect and that his word is flawless. And if God has you in that place, there's a purpose for you to be in that place. Amen. I pray that you don't call God to pull you out too soon. Amen. Because there is a work, there's an assignment that you have at that place at that time. Amen. And I pray that we are not derelict of our duties when we are called to be ambassadors of God. Amen. For some of us, it seems as though we're in a hard place, a difficult place, and it seems like we've been there for an extended amount of time. Amen. It seems as though, okay, Lord, uh, I, I'm in this place, Lord. I've been here for a year. I've been here for a month. I've been here for a week, Lord, and I'm ready to move on, but I'm still, I still seem to be in this place. But God has sent me here with an urgent message on this morning for someone. Amen. I think it's, it's one of encouragement to help you deal with the place that you find yourself in, in this hour of your life, amen, in this season of your life. And God told me to tell you plainly this, I got you. All right. I got you. And now we don't understand in our vernacular in, in our community that, that phrase, I got you, can take on several meanings, amen, there's context to text, amen, there's text to context, amen, because if someone says, I got you, that means uh, as though you might see these hands, you done did something, and they say, I got you, 
I got you. Amen. You don't know when it's going to happen. Amen. Just like what mama was. Mama told you to do something or the, or the school called mama. She was at work. She told you, I got you. And you sitting at home and every car that passed by, <laughs> your behind get a little tighter and a little tighter. Amen. <laughs> I got you can mean that I got you financially. Amen. Whatever you don't have, I got you. Amen. That, that, I got you. It means that I understand you. I got you, amen. You tell me something, I got you, amen. Like most uh, men, when wives tell us something, amen, we, we, we say, yeah, okay, baby, uh-huh. Baby, I got you. And then she asks you, what, babe, what did I say? And then we have a problem recalling what was said, amen. But I got you can, can have many meanings on, on this morning, and there's one in particular that I want us to address, amen, and it's the fact that God says, I got you. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what you're dealing with, I got you. Amen. I don't care how hard it seems. Amen. I got you. Amen. And, and, and for us, I believe that we need to repeat that a couple of times to ourselves. I got you. I got you. Come on. That's everybody. Amen. I got you. Come on. I got you. I got you. Not only he's saying I got you, but I got it. He's saying I got this. Amen. He's saying, I got this. Whatever this is in your case, God's saying, I got this. So you need to say, I got this to yourself. I got this. I got this. I got this. Because I found that if you repeat that time and time again, it's just like one of those bad songs that, or a song that you don't like, amen. You hear it one time, and then it's stuck in your head. And you find yourself singing that song every now and then, amen. You know, I don't know why I'm singing this song. It's just stuck in my head. So I need you to get, he got this in your head, stuck in your head. So then whenever sickness comes about, before you can say anything else, the word that comes to you is, I got this. When problems come your way, before you even utter anything as a complaint or murmur, you say, I got this. He got this. Amen. He got this. He got this. He got this. Amen. I think that should be good news for somebody on this morning because I believe that someone has been dealing for something for far too long. And you're trying to deal with it in your own strength, amen. You feel as though you're not supposed to be here as long as you've been, as, as you've been being here, and you want to try to help God out. <laughs> I'm going to help God out, so I'm going to try to fix this thing, amen, only realizing that you've only messed this thing up even worse than it was, amen. But you need to know he's got you, and he's got, and matter of fact, tell your old neighbor, I got you. Tell you God's got you. Because if God's got you, that means he's got us. Amen. And so without, so we must have this in our mind with all certainty and with all confidence and all assurance. And without a shadow of a doubt, we must be with the belief that God has got us. Amen. It's important to know that God's got us because it feels as though sometimes people don't get us. They don't get why you praise the way that you do. They don't get why, how you get up after you get knocked down time after time after time, amen. They don't get how you can uh, encounter disappointment and keep on going, amen. And for someone in here, they don't understand how you can pour into someone while you're depleted. How you can be used to restore somebody while you're broken. How you can speak life into people while you feel dead on the inside. How you can speak encouragement to everybody but yourself 
because you feel as though you're in a time of this uh, of discouragement. Amen. God is saying, I got you. I got you. The only way that you and for some people, the hardest part of their day is getting up in the morning. Anything else, everything else is easy. But just understanding that I have to get up and face the same old devils that I have to face. That I have to face the same disappointments that I have to face. I have to face the same hurt that I have to face. That the, the, the hardest part of your day is putting one foot on the floor. And so in our text today, we have a biblical account of the three Hebrew boys. And I don't think I'm going to be able to get to all of this. And so I'm going to feed you just a little bit on today. Amen. I'm, you're going to get full a little bit. And you're going to come back for the other course. Amen. And so we have the biblical account of the three Hebrew boys. Amen. Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as we know them. Amen. But we understand that these weren't the names that were given to them. Amen. These were not their born names. Amen. They were given names that glorified God. Amen. And so as they were uh, when Judah was was uh, defeated and they were taken off with David, what conquerors would often do often do in the ancient times was they would rename those that they conquered. And by doing this, it would take away their identity, who they were. Amen. And for some of us, we have. God has given us a name. He has given us a name, and we have gone through certain things in life, and because of those things, we have felt victim, or we have been captive, or we have been bound by certain things that we have come to, gone through, amen? And instead of your name that glorified God, or glorifies God, there have been different names that have been attached to you, amen? Names like alcoholic, and name like uh, uh, drug addict, amen? Names like... Uh, Someone who's free with sex. Amen. That's just a cleaned up name of saying certain things. Amen. And so it's promiscuous. And so instead of instead of you having that name that glorifies God, you have a name that glorifies the enemy. It glorifies what you have been going through. Amen. And no matter how shameful or how guilty you may feel. And what the thing about shame and guilt is we like to hide that thing. But the very fact of us being caught up in certain things, we can't hide it because it's on us. Amen. We carry that name. People know us by that name. Amen. But I declare that as the as the word said, who, uh, whoever the son frees is free indeed. Amen. And you no longer have to carry that name. Amen. You had Jesus came and bled and died for you to reclaim your name. So there's no reason why we still should be walking around with that name that, that has been put on us, amen? And so Shadrach's name originally was Hananiah, amen? And it means that Yahweh is gracious. Meshach's name originally was Meshach, which means who is like Yahweh. Abednego's name was Azariah, which means Yahweh has helped. And so I need you to understand that even though you have gone through things and people have, they have uh, 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 put things upon you that don't belong on you, that your, that the name uh, uh, Shadrach, I mean Hananiah, which means Yahweh is gracious, still applies to your life. The word that God has favored still applies to your life. The name Mishael, which means who is like Yahweh, still applies to your life. Because as you went about your life, the grace and mercy that's on your life, who is like Yahweh but can love you through all the stuff that you have gone through? All the times you disappointed him. All the time that you have come up short. Who is like Yahweh? Amen. Abednego, 
Uh, his name was Azariah, which means Yahweh has helped. And even in the midst of situation, even when you have failed countless times, even when you have not did what you were supposed to do, God still saw fit to help you out. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted to unite everyone under his rule, and so he erected this golden image for everyone to bow down to. And if you didn't bow down to it, then you would be thrown into this fiery furnace, which basically was the, the highest form of punishment in Babylon, being burned alive. Amen? And so the first thing he did was he got the leaders together because he understood that if you get the leaders to bow down, those that followed the leaders, those, those that were under the leaders, they would bow down as well. And so for us in our homes, we need to understand as leadership, as parents, as mothers, and as fathers, when we bow down to things in our home, it allows a generational curse to come up over our kids because that spirit is in effect, is activated within our house. And so when you bow down to certain things, your children bow down to certain things because they're impressionable and they see what you're doing. And because kids believe that they're, what their parents do is right. So they're going to do exactly what you do. And even in the house of God, as leaders, there's a greater responsibility on leaders to get it right. Because the congregation is going to do as leaders do. When you see someone saved, sanctified, and, and filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're doing certain things, you believe that's right. And so you pattern yourself after people. Amen? Rather than looking to God, we pattern ourselves after people. And so the leaders came, the leaders came, and, and they came, and they bowed down, and it was time for the three Hebrew boys to come, amen, and, and they refused, amen. They refused to bow down because they understood that their worship was reserved to God. And I think uh, we need to realize worship about worship. And the thing about it was they were transplanted from Jerusalem where the temple was, where they would give worship, amen? But although they were away from the house of worship, worship was not away from them. And for some of us, we believe that worship is resigned to the four walls of the church. And we don't have a problem getting people, we request them to worship in here and they do it. But the problem is when it's required out there, we can't get it done. And so that's why the enemy is having a field day on the outside, because your worship is not on the outside of the church. But if we understand and realize that it's not confined to the four walls of the church, because we are the church. And worship should go wherever we go. Worship is not just in here. Worship is out there as well. Worship is on your job. Worship is in your car. Worship is in your house. Amen. Who is not afraid to worship in here? Whose worship is not resigned to just this place? Because the Lord just know, doesn't just live here, amen? The Bible says that uh, 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 where can I go, where, whether can I go out of your, uh, from your spirit? Where can I go out of your presence? If I ascend into the heavens, Lord, you are there. If I made my bed in heaven, Lord, you are there. If I take up the wings of the morning, and even if I reside in the uttermost parts of the sea, Lord, your hand leads me, and your right hand, what does it say? Y'all don't know. <laughs> your right hand upholds me, amen? amen? So that means that wherever I go, I'm not out of the reach of the Lord. 
wherever I go, no matter what sin I'm in, I'm not out of the reach of God. God can reach me anywhere I go in life. I am covered anywhere I, where and where I go in life. It's not like A&T service, AT&T service, amen, where you go too far and you don't have service. Amen. The Lord has worldwide service. So wherever you go, the Lord is with you. Amen. And that's great because one of the things that we said that they do is they, they change your name. And one of the things that happened, David refused to eat uh, his portion of the king's meal. And what David realized what is what, what you take in governs what comes out of you. We are vessels. The Bible says uh, uh, we have a treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. So that that power will not be in us, but in the Lord. Amen. So we are vessels. And at the very beginning in Genesis, the Lord made us out of the, the earth, the dust of the earth. And the very first thing he did that was, after he did that was, he filled us with his spirit. Amen? After sin, his spirit left us. But that did not stop us from being vessels. So what does that mean? That means that we have to be filled by something. And so he knew that by being in Babylon and taking up of uh, the king's diet and all these type of things, he would be filled with the wrong thing. And if you're filled with the wrong thing, you can't be used by God in the right way. So as children of God, we can't be filled by pornography. We can't be filled by drugs. We can't be filled by alcohol. We can't be filled by all certain things and feel as though we're going to be used by God. We are set aside. They were set aside for God's use. They thought they were going to serve the king, but they went to serve the king. So what that means is when you get an assignment, when you get a job, when you get certain things, you think, you think it's only surface things, but there's a spiritual capacity to what you do. So they were going to be representatives of God in this place. So they were set aside, amen. They only ate what they thought they should eat, only what God would have them to eat, things that were kosher, amen. And so for us as children of God, we have to only partake of things that are of God. That's the only way that we can be used by God. Amen. They, knew, they, didn't, they didn't want to bow to the enemy because they wanted to stand before the Lord. And you can only stand before the Lord if you, do, if you do the things that the Lord has ordained you to do and has instructed you to do. So they didn't partake of those things that, 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 that King Nebuchadnezzar would set aside for them. Amen. Because they understood that their worship was for God, amen? And so God needs someone who's willing to accept the consequences and not the compromise. Because it would have been easy for them to compromise, amen? They were far away from home. Everybody else compromised. I might as well compromise. Everybody else cussing. I might as well be cussing. Everybody sleeping around. I might as well be sleeping around, amen? It would have been easy for them to blend in to what was going on, amen? But the Bible tells us that we are not to conform to the things of this world, amen? Now, that only comes when it's a relationship with God. And in John 2, 20, in John 2, 23 through the 25th verse, the Bible tells us now that Jesus was in Jerusalem. He was in Jerusalem at the time of the Passover and during the feast, amen? And it said that many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. 
But Jesus did not commit or he didn't entrust himself. He didn't reveal himself to them at that time because he said because because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. He knew that they were only there because of what they could see that he could do. They were interested in showmanship and not relationship. And there's only some people who's only their, their only interest in you, their only investment in you is what you can do for them. Not who you are, but what you can do for them. And so Jesus knew that he could not reveal himself at that time because they weren't willing or they weren't able to do exactly what was, would be required of them to receive him the right way. Because at that time, they had magicians who were able to do the stuff, do signs. But he left the last and greatest sign for the end. Because no matter what those magicians could do, they couldn't die and raise in three days. Amen? And so you have to be understanding the who, the what, and the why of Jesus. Amen? Because some were caught up in what he could do and not who he was. And so when you learn who he is, you understand why he does what he does. And so when you understand who he is, we understand what he can do, and we understand why he does what he does, you realize why you can make it out of everything that you find yourself in. You have a better grasp of who Jesus is. And it's not about what he can do, it's about who he is. And so he's trying to get your mind off of everything that's going around. You just focus on me. I got you. You just, you just focus on me. Amen. As Peter was walking and Jesus was calling him forth, he was just trying to get him to focus on him. I got you. Don't worry what's around you. Just walk to me. Just come to me. And for some of us who are stuck in situation, he's calling us to him. But our mind is on everything but him. And he's telling you, I got you. I got you. I got you. But we're so focused on everything but him that we fall every time. Amen. And so. Revelations 10. Jesus is talking to the persecuted church in Smyrna. Amen. And he tells them, do not fear of any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation 10 days. But be faithful unto death. Why? Because I will give you the crown of life. And so in there, talking to Nebuchadnezzar and telling him that they wouldn't do that, what they tell him was, we're not going to do that. We, we don't need to answer you. We don't even have to answer you because our God is mighty. Our God is great. And even if he decides not to pull us out of this, our God is still good. Yeah. And so the question I ask you is, even in the midst of this, can you still say, Lord, you are good? Even if he doesn't heal. Even if you don't get the job. Even if that marriage ends up in divorce. Even if your child is still strung out on drugs. Is his grace still sufficient? Do you still believe in God? Because the word tells us not to lean to our own, our own understanding. Amen. It says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out to your understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And so what the problem is with leaning to our understanding is, because leaning with our own understanding is, when we, when we lean to our own understanding, we make it about us. Every time. We make it about us. 
But if we let this mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus, we make it all about God. So in every situation that you find yourself in, I'm not here to tell you that you're going to be delivered from that thing. Sometimes you might have to endure for a little while longer. Sometimes you might not even come out of that thing. But do you have the mindset that, God, you be glorified and not me be glorified? That you be seen to be great in this place and not me be to be seen great in this place? As I preach this message, Lord, you be seen and not me be seen. As I sing, Lord, not, not me being seen, but you being seen. As I play, Lord, you be seen, not me being seen. Amen. As I usher, Lord, you be seen ushering the people in and not me. Do we have that same confession? So Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar he, he gave the instruction to, to raise the temperature up. Seven times, which means as much as possible, amen. And as we said before, there, there are people who are trying to turn it up on you as much as possible, amen. But I pray that even in the midst of that situation, that you allow God to take control and he be glorified in your situation, amen. And so they bound these three boys and they threw them into the fire. And, and the fire was so hot that it burned the ones that threw them in the fire, amen. And that's a lesson for some of us. When you attempt to try to throw somebody into something, you better watch you don't get burnt. The thing about Nebuchadnezzar was that these three guys, these three young men and, and Daniel also, they had found favor in his sight. And because they had found favor in his sight and because he was a king, you would think that, okay, you the king and, and, and you can stop this at any time. You, you, cannot, you cannot allow this at any time, amen? And there are certain people within our circles, amen, who can stop certain things at any time that you go through. They hear certain things about you. And instead of them stopping that thing or killing that thing where it is, they allow that thing to go on. There are people that hear people trying to do something about you, amen, and, and instead of them stepping in because they know you, they know your character and your integrity, amen, you've always been stand-up. But instead of them stopping that thing, they get a part of that thing. Amen? And you don't have to actively play a part in it, but your silence is consent. Because if you're my friend, if you're my loved one, that means if I'm not there, you're my representative as well. And so what hurts me should hurt you. When you do something to my wife, it hurts me because we're connected. And so if anybody does anything to anybody in Harvest, it affects me because we connected. I want it to never be to where somebody can come to me with some mess, talking some mess about anybody in Harvest. I pray that the Lord anoints me and, 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 and grants me the gift of a scowl. <laughs> some type of scowl that will stop you in your tracks. Amen. But that's what we have to do. When you love someone, that means that you protect them even when they're not around. Amen? And so what I love about this is that this furnace, the furnace is made with three-entry, three well, two-entryways, and there's, a, there's a, a place where you can look on the inside. And Nebuchadnezzar, he, he, he went and he was looking on the inside, and the word said he was astonished because he sees them in there, and they're not even being consumed by the flames. And so, believe I need you to understand that 
if God's got you, wherever you find yourself in, whoever put you in that place, they got a front row seat to see how God is going to pull you out of that thing. They got a front row seat. They got a front row seat to see that the that the, the plans of the enemy is canceled. They got a front row seat. They see you, amen, and they're astonished. They're amazed at how you're able to stand up, up, up against this heat, up against this, this force that's coming up against you, this pressure and this stress, amen. But God's got you. Even when you ain't got yourself, God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. Not only he's got you, but the, but the Bible says that these men, not what they weren't burnt, but their bounds burned and allows them to get up and they're able to walk around loose where once they were bound. I declare right now that you're going to walk around loose in a place that you used to be bound. Somebody needs to receive that right now. That place where the enemy sent you and bound you, you're going to be loose in that place. Walking around freely in that place. Amen. Because what I love about the Lord is that even in, even in a season of sickness, he can give you health. You could be health in a season of sickness. In a season of lack, you can have more than enough. You can have abundance. Amen. When people assume that you're, you're about to go crazy and there's chaos all around you, God can give you calm and peace in the midst of that situation. In the midst of a storm, God will shield you, amen? And people won't understand that, but they don't understand that God's got you. It ain't my own strength, but it's God's got me, and I trust in him, amen? And because I trust in him, he's got me, amen? We talked about rejection and the spirit of rejection, amen. I need you to understand that the world's rejection is God's election. And election comes with protection. And no matter where you find yourself, God's got you. Shielded on all sides, amen. Angels are encamped around you, amen. God's got you, amen. Does somebody believe that? God's got me, God's got me, God's got me. Me and, uh, as I begin to close, because I don't want to give it to y'all, but as I begin to close and I ask Pastor LaShawn to come up with me, because I think a couple of Sundays ago she used a, a moving metaphor, amen, and because that's, I want to be in that anointing too. One of our favorite movies is the Lord of the Rings. And there's one scene in particular in the third one, which is aptly uh, named The Return of the King, amen? And, and not only does God got you, I need you to understand that as, as brothers and sisters in the faith, we have to have each other as well. That when you ain't got it, I got you, to, I got you right now. In The Return of the King, there's a, there's a scene in Frodo Baggins, who is a, who is a hobbit, and, and he is looked at as the lowest form of the earth creatures, or the middle earth creatures, amen? But the lowest creature had the highest calling. And he had this ring that he had to return 
to the fires of Mordor, amen, and, and he had gone through a whole lot of stuff, amen, and they had lost people along the way, amen, and he is found on the side of this mountaintop, and this mountainside, amen, and, and he's tired, and he's fell out, amen, and he doesn't believe that he can go on any longer, brother. He, he's just out. He's dehydrated. He's all these type of things. And he has his faithful friend, Samuel, with him. And as he passes out, Sam is talking to him. He's encouraging him. He's trying to speak life into him, amen? And Frodo starts to come around a little bit, amen? But he's still powerless, amen? He, he can't get up. He can't go on any further. The weight of what he's been carrying has broken him down. His assignment has broken him down. His calling has broken him down. And Samuel says, the last thing he says to him, he says, I can't carry you. He said, no, I can't carry it, but I can carry you. And he picks him up. And he carries him to his destination. Amen. What am I saying? I'm saying that, y'all, there are some of us who have been broken down by some of the things that we've been carrying. And we need help. You need a Sam at your side to pick you up and to carry you. Because they can't carry the thing that you're supposed to be carrying. But they can carry you, amen. And right now, I don't know who it is. I don't know what it is that has you bound. I don't know what it is that has you broken down. I don't know what it is that has, has you at a point to where you feel as though you can't go on any longer. I don't know what it is that has taken your strength away from you. I don't know what has taken away your zeal. But I can't carry it. But I can carry you right now. 